and welcome to Theology Untapped. I'm Regina Verghese, your host for today. This week we have part two of Alan's preaching on the topic, Why We Need to Pay Attention to Our Faith. In part one, he spoke about why we paid attention, and this week we'll be listening to what we need to pay attention to. Go ahead and give a listen as Alan finishes up this topic, and we hope you enjoy it. Let's move on to the second why or what we have to pay greater attention to. Again, I'm speaking Hebrews chapter 2. Pray greater attention to the nature of Jesus Christ in whom we have our salvation. Uh, verse 6, it, it says, It has been testified somewhere, What is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels, you have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. If you are a Christian, you have heard this from somewhere else. And that's that's from Psalms chapter 8, 4 to 6. It's a quote from Psalms. In Psalms, it's been referred to as referred to as humanity as a whole. What is man you're mindful of? But here it is right to say that that is used in context of Jesus Christ. That is used Christologically. In the context of this particular verse, it's talking about God putting everything under his control. And moving on to that following verses, we also see the discussion directly addressing the Son's solidarity with humanity. Jesus' solidarity to humanity. So it's right to say that this particular verse is actually here referring to Jesus Christ. Now there is two dimensions to it. This is referring to Jesus' humanity and divinity as well, at the same time. It says, Jesus was made a little lower than the angels, but then he was crowned with glory and honor. In his humanity, Jesus was like us, but in his divinity, he was exalted nature. He was crowned with glory and honor, putting everything under his control. In these verses, we see Jesus' humanity and his suffering as a crucial role in Jesus' vocation as a founder of our faith. We tend to, if we grew up in a Christian home, we tend to see Jesus as God, He is God, 100% God, but at the same time, He is 100% human. Now that's what makes Jesus as Lord and the pioneer of foundation for our salvation. But sometimes we just kind of underestimate His humanity. We make Him too holy to the point that he just kind of like, he can't be like me. But that's exactly the opposite Hebrews are arguing. He's like, he was like us. He was sinless, but in all the other respect, he was like me and you. I found this particular quotation, I'm just going to read it, uh, from his author called Max Lucado. It says, goes like this. Angels watched as Mary changed God's diaper. The universe watched with wonder as the Almighty learned to walk. Children played in the street with him and had the synagogue leader in Nazareth known who was listening to his sermons. Jesus may have had pimples. Perhaps a girl down the street had a crush on him. It could be that his knees were bony. One thing is for sure, he was, while completely divine, completely human. For 33 years, he would feel everything you and I have ever felt. He felt weak, he grew weary, he was afraid of failure, he got colds, burped, and had body odor, his feelings got hurt, his feet got tired, 
his head ache. To think of Jesus in such a light is well, it seems almost irreverent, doesn't it? It's not something we like to do. It's uncomfortable. It's much easier to keep the humanity out of the incarnation. <coughs> we pretend that he never snored, blew his nose, or hit his thumb with a hammer. But the reality is, Jesus was human. In his humanity, he lived like all of us. He lived sinless. And that what, that's what makes his suffering unique. If Jesus did not live like a human being, then what's the point in suffering? What's the point in Jesus saying, God saying, yeah, I understand you. No, it's Jesus suffering on the cross, suffering for the entire life, not just on the cross. Let's put it that way. It's temptation. And his life, what makes it possible for Jesus to be the founder of our salvation. Just read chapter, uh, verse 10. It says, for it was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist is bringing in bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of salvation perfect through suffering. It was fitting. Now that Greek word goes back and forth. We can also understand as appropriate. It was appropriate for Jesus to suffer. It was appropriate for Jesus to be human and suffer for us. Now, why is it fitting? Why? Why? Now, one of the authors, he says this, Christ's suffering was neither a logical necessity forced upon God, nor a mere decision of his will, but an appropriate expression of the divine character. Why? How is the divine character? Now, God is just and his love at the same time. Now, listen to this verse. He it was fitting for Jesus to be human and suffer for what? For bringing many sons to glory, which means it was fitting for Jesus to suffer so that all of us could be called as sons and daughters. It was for our sake. Why is it that? Because of the character. The character is that one side, Jesus is God, is just. Just means if there is sin, it is due. For us to be punished. But on the other side, God is love. How could an all loving God just punish everybody He just created? No, in this conundrum, and, and adding an early patristic theology, Athanasius, he wrestled with this dilemma how could God be loving fully, and how could God just kill everybody? God has that character in, the, in Him. He's just, at the same time, He's love. The only way he could meet is to have Jesus suffer and take the pain. And in that suffering, show the glory, show the love that he has for us. So therefore, God, Jesus' suffering is an, is an appropriate expression of God's character. Then, then, then we will have this question about, here in that verse it says that God, Jesus was perfected through suffering. Then the idea goes back to him and say, oh, why is he have to be perfected? Did he do anything wrong? No, he did not. John Piper gave this explanation, I find it helpful. He says, this doesn't mean that he was once disobedient and then become obedient. It means that Jesus moved from untested obedience into suffering and then through suffering into tested and proven obedience. 
and this proving himself obedient through suffering was his being perfected. It's not that Jesus was disobedient at one point. No, his perfecting was making himself as qualified in front of humanity as the high priest, saying that now I have gone to the suffering, now therefore I can take you into the presence of God. Now without the suffering, God can't. Without the suffering, Jesus can't. Now Jesus did suffer for all of us on the cross. He gone through the suffering, he gone through the pain, he gone, he gone through the pain of temptation, gone through the pain of suffering the point of the cross and the point of the death. Now we always have this question in this world, why, why, why suffering, why suffering? One of the greatest arguments against the Christian faith is actually, how did, how can we explain evil? How can we explain suffering? There's a lot of answers, but there's no answer convincing to our heart, to an emotional self. But there is one another answer. The Bible is clear about that. That God who suffers, be with us as we go through the evil and pain in this world. Now that's the promise God has given us. Because he suffered. In Jesus we have the founders, which means by doing that, Jesus is saying, I am the pioneer, now you follow me. I'm going through this pain for you, now you come with me. That's what it means. Founder here also means pioneer of salvation. With him following him, we have salvation. Therefore, it's important that you pay attention to the nature of Jesus Christ, both human and divine. Okay, it looks like that's all we have time for today. We hope you enjoyed Alan's talk on why we need to pay closer attention to our faith and what we need to pay closer attention to. That's all we have time for today. I'm Regina Verghese with Theology Untapped, your source for theological discourse. Until next week, we'll see ya.